Welcome to the Media Insider, the podcast which gives you the secrets on how to get into the media. Every episode, I interview a commissioning editor or producer about exactly what stories and interviews they commission for their pages or programme and how you can pitch to them. I'm your host, Helen Croydon. I'm an author, a former journalist, and now I run a small PR practice called ThoughtLeadershipPR.com helping business leaders, academics, entrepreneurs and public figures become better known as experts in their field. If you like this podcast, please tell your colleagues, share it on social media. That's how others find it. Well, this episode, I'm joined by Natasha Winarczyk. She's Senior Features Writer at The Mirror for both the paper and online. And before that, she worked at The Daily Star and has worked on several women's magazines and a little bit at The Daily Mail as well. Welcome, Natasha. Hi, nice to meet you. You too. Um, Now, Tam, The Mirror, major paper. So many people want to get into that. So let's just start by giving me an overview of perhaps the, the sections and the pages that you actually write for. Brilliant. Um, So I work for the features section, um, which is a bit of a jack of all trades section, to be honest. So I tend to do um, a bit of showbiz, so showbiz interviews, um, TV interviews. So, you know, chats with actors and actresses that are involved um, in various TV shows or reality TV stars, Um, a bit of health stuff as well. Um, Some consumer features. um, So, for example, um, between... before Christmas sorry I did um, a piece where I kind of taste tested all the various Christmas alcoholic drinks that were out there so you know like the M&S snow globe a weird pigs and blankets like whiskey cocktail um, and that sort of thing Um, a bit of uh, news and news features so I've been doing quite a lot of stuff on Ukraine um, recently Um, human interest so real life so yeah it's it's really a mix Um, and we don't have you know specific features section in the paper it kind of runs throughout the paper so some things will run as like a one-page interview or you know like more of a news story some things will be a double-page spread um so it kind of varies it varies on how big the paper is that day Saturdays are kind of our biggest day on features so that tends to be when we've got the most pages so we will have um something called the big read um which we all work on across the team so you know different writers sort of write it every week and that could really be you know something hooked to like a book coming out or a film coming out or just a really like interesting story um and they tend to be a bit longer so kind of 1800 words but then sometimes we'll have stuff more at the front of the book so that's usually where there's like big news um spread so for example with Ukraine we've had quite a lot of um stuff from features further in so you know, I, I did quite a lot of interviews with people based in the UK who are Ukrainian, who are kind of trying to get in touch with relatives back home and that sort of thing. And my colleague's done quite a lot of like Q&A. So he's been speaking to a lot of experts about like, will Russian, Russia go nuclear or, you know, like what could be like the next stages of the war and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it kind of really depends. Quite newsy rather than... Yeah, so we do quite a lot of newsy stuff. But then um, we do quite like a lot of like lightness to balance the shade. So you know it's always quite fun to have like really nice sort of like heartwarming real life stories quite like you know funny kind of more like more unusual kind of stories I mean I tended to do that at the Daily Star a lot like we'd kind of balance it out by doing a lot of stuff about like ghosts and UFOs Um, but yeah so it's just it's really like a jack of all trades section to be honest so So there isn't a distinction as such between newsy features and then the light the lifestyle stuff which might cover beauty or travel is there a distinction or is it just the team does 
So we have a separate um, team that will do travel. So we've got a travel editor who does the travel pages. And then we will, and the, the features are kind of done by people across reach. So people that get trips and then have to write about them. And he kind of does like, he, him and his team do sort of travel news. Beauty, there, there is like kind of like lifestyle sections that are done by uh, a team that kind of cover it for the whole of reach. So that they, they will kind of cover it for the Express um, and the Mirror, for example. But then we will sometimes do our own sort of consumer features so we'll do our own for like we might end up doing like a beauty feature if like this say like a celebrity's tried some kind of weird facial or something we might go and like try it ourselves if that makes sense so where I'd say features is a bit more news reactive than say like the lifestyle pages would be or like the travel pages would be right that's a really good distinction actually that's really helpful what are the readership figures at the moment both for the the print paper and for online so I think recently for online, in May 2021, it said they, it was saying that the Mirror was the UK's number one news website. So it had 32 million monthly readers. So yeah, the Daily Mirror's sort of average circulation was 333,731. Um, so it's still, you know, it's still very, very, very decent. Isn't yeah, it? it's, still, it's doing very well, I think. And do all the stories that go online, do they mirror what's gone in the print or are there some that go online and don't go in print and then some that go in print and don't go online? Yeah, so I think they are sort of the editors are trying to link it up a bit more, but there's a lot more. I think the online team is potentially a lot bigger. Like they they kind of do a lot of smaller news stories. So, for example, they'll have an audience team now that sort of does like social media kind of based stories so stories from like TikTok and like Reddit and that sort of thing which we wouldn't necessarily put in the paper unless it was like a really big kind of major um social media story but mo- a lot of stuff usually goes um onto online from features so if I do like a celebrity interview so for example um I recently did um an exclusive chat with James Argent from Towie who'd had um gastric sleeve surgery and we did a couple of I've managed to get a couple of uh, features in the paper from that and online, I think, ran a few stories from that as news stories. So they sometimes will like repackage it. And then, yeah, sometimes if the thing is with the paper, because we have a limited amount of space and sometimes, you know, a story will be really good. And my editor will say she wants it and she'll take it into news conference. But it just might not necessarily make it into the paper. And it's not because it's a bad story. It's just because it depends on space. It depends on what other things are in the paper that already that might clash with it so I've you know I've done a few celebrity interviews which have just not managed to get in even though we've tried a few times and then but then they've ended up going online anyway so then at least they've still been used um, on the website and you know people have still been able to read them and see them so yeah it kind of does vary but I think they do really want us to get more of our stuff for online I think they do features sometimes especially something with like Ukraine or if we've got like a campaign that we're working on I'm often told now get as much as you can, write it longer, we'll use the longer one for online and then we'll use the shorter version for the paper if there's not enough space. So That's very interesting. So tell me how the planning process works. Is there a weekly meeting or daily meeting where you discuss the stories to cover? And if so, when is that? So we're still very old school. Um, So we, as a features team, we'll meet usually every Tuesday afternoon. So at the minute, it'll be over Zoom. And we have to take in all the sort of features writers and senior features writers have to take in around like four ideas for like forward sort of planning. And we kind of run it by the head of features and the features editor. 
and they'll kind of say no or do it a different way or they'll say yes and with that we kind of work on it longer term and then send it over to them and then they will take it into conference so yeah every, every morning the editors go into morning conference so that'll be when they talk about what's going in tomorrow's paper so they will take some stuff and it will be very different so every morning again when we start we have to kind of go through the papers send some ideas sometimes our editors will think of an idea and then pick someone from the team that they think will either someone who's free and available that day or just someone who thinks you know they, it's usually the kind of thing that they would write about so they'd probably be the best one to do it they'll kind of ask us to write a line for conference so it's quite a line so it will be like a few it'll be about 500 words just outlining like the best quotes from the story or the you know the most interesting parts of it they take it to conference then after conference they will kind of come back to us and say well tomorrow this story is going in this one's held over so when it's held over it means it's like gonna get put it's either gonna get, get laid out for the paper it's in two days time or it's gonna be taken into conference again so it is still really old school and then at 4 30 like the editors have like another conference in the afternoon so they will go in and talk about what, how the paper's shaping up so far, like if there's anything else they need, if things need changing. But yeah, it is just, it is like properly still like very old school um, journalism. But yeah, the, the features meetings on a Tuesday are really interesting because I think, especially for PRs, if they know that we've got those meetings, they can send, if they send us ideas on like Monday morning or Tuesday morning, it's actually it's in. Because I think sometimes there's things that I get sent from PRs that aren't hugely, well, they're a little bit time sensitive, but if my editor's really busy, I'm not necessarily going to have a chance to grab her and talk to her about it. Whereas if I, if I'd got it like before the meeting, I could take it into the meeting and then pitch it to my editor then and then kind of get more of a firm yes or no. I, and also Mondays on the whole tend to be a bit quieter for features because the Tuesday papers usually tend to be smaller. So usually on a Monday, that's my day of like catching up with stuff that I'm doing forward. Or, you know, that's when I'm kind of trying to look for ideas for this Tuesday meeting. So if, I get, yeah. so if I'm kind of getting stuff on a Monday, then it means that I can like, actually go through it. I've got a bit more time. Is that across the board at a lot of papers or is that just the mirror? Um, I think it's just the, the mirror from what I've done. I mean, because I, when I worked at the Daily Mail's health section, our print day was a Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday were easy day, easier days. And then Monday, um, Friday and Monday were really like intense because that was getting close to print. So it does vary, but yeah, for the mirrors features, I mean, for me personally, I like to get ideas on a Monday because it means that I can take them in on Tuesday. I mean, with our section, like Thursdays tend to be really busy because we usually do like Saturday's features on Thursday as well as Friday's features. And Fridays tend to be quite busy because we're still kind of doing Saturday stuff. So it kind of tends to be like Monday and Tuesday slightly better. Like if, I, if I'm going like out on a job where I have to like interview someone in real life, I kind of try and do it on a Monday or Tuesday because I know that it's less going to be less intense for me than than, try, than if I'm like out on a Thursday. So Monday's the best time to pitch. What's the most typical way that a pitch from a PR could become coverage? Because I imagine you get a lot of irrelevant pitches, right? I personally prefer email. Like I don't really mind the phone, but I think now that like now that I'm working from home, I'm just kind of using my like mobile phone. It's just like easier to get. It's a bit harder to get hold of me than when people rang, you know, that would ring my desk in the past. But I think it's like what what I quite like pitch wise is when it is quite newsy, just because we, we are quite newsy active. 
and like for me it's when it has when there's like case studies attached to it so for example like there's really good high quality pictures there's a really good clear synopsis of like what this story is you know there's there's like quite clear info in there and, and you know they I kind of prefer it if they've already spoken to the person and got the person on board as well because what I found sometimes is that PRs will pitch me like a celebrity or a charity case study or something and I'll say like yes to it and then they'll turn around and be like oh actually they'd be interviewed by the mirror or they don't they actually don't want to do an interview and then it's like well why did you send it to me especially if it's not like a round robin one and it's actually been sent you know to like my mirror email address but yeah I'd say a typical way you know if a pitch will materialize into coverage it tends to be if the story's clear or if the statistics or expert quotes are really clear and it's something that we will kind of get the like get my brain going and make me think oh is there actually like a bigger sort of story in that thing like sometimes it'll be expert quotes sometimes it will be a whole case study that you know they put in like recently we did a charity story and I interviewed like the two people involved in it it ended up as like a page in the paper so yeah it kind of really depends like sometimes it'll be statistics that they've sent that they've, they've weaved in but yeah if it is just like a really clear succinct straight to the point pitch like good photo, you know if there's if it is a case study really good photos like if it's a celebrity if they've actually like nailed them down and they are available yes You mentioned expert quotes. Can I ask, is it actually useful if a PR or a member of the public pitches a speculative quote? For example, um, if it's budget day and someone says my client is an expert on tax, can they give a quote? Um, Can you actually use pitches like that? That is sometimes that is useful, to be honest, because I think sometimes they are a bit irrelevant. But on the whole, like, actually, there is a really big news story we are probably doing something on it so if there is like an, an expert that does have something to say about it and there is a ready-made quote especially because sometimes we're quite up against the clock that is really helpful and like I think that kind of stuff I do quite like receiving because then even if we don't use it I do keep them because I think oh that's an expert that we actually might be able to call like even though we're not doing a story on that today if it isn't someone that I know is going to be a media friendly expert if we then do something about that story later or if it's something in their sort of field of expertise I think I would actually then potentially go go back to them and say oh actually you know we, we couldn't use it last time but would you be able to speak today so you can file them away in an expert view folder it's kind of just like an, an expert section and like I do use response source to get quite last especially if we've got like last need last minute expert stuff so not long after I started at the mirror I did a piece about bingo was back after lockdown so I had to go to bingo in Leeds to play bingo with those old people and interview them about bingo but then my editor was like oh I think it actually does need like an expert quote from you know someone that knows about bingo or like you know that sort of type of hospitality so I just fired off the sponsors and I got you know someone really quickly that was able to give me some good quotes so I think experts it tends to be useful I think my biggest bugbear with PRs is when I get sent news stories that I think would are just not in my remit and it kind of seems like they haven't really, you know, I know everyone's really busy, but it seems like they haven't really looked at what specific people at the mirror do. Well, my, all my problem is, is when it's like a case study, but the pictures are really bad and we just can't, cannot make, you know, the low quality pictures work. And the person won't, you know, won't get a photographer to come to them. But, you know, because we'll send a photographer, but sometimes people don't want to be like photographed and stuff. Or, you know, it, my other biggest bugbear is when I've been pitched a really good celebrity and I've got, and I've gone, yeah, I'll take it to my features meeting. And the PR's been like, that's great. And then I've got it okay. 
paid and then I've gone, yeah, can I set up the interview? And then they've gone, oh, actually, they don't want to do the interview. And it's like, oh, you've just wasted everyone's time. And I know it's sometimes not their fault because I know that people can be flaky, but I know a lot of journalists get annoyed about the irrelevant stuff, but then I usually just delete it and like move on. But it's more, I think I find it more frustrating when I've set something up and then it's just falls through. So Yeah. It is really frustrating for the PR as well. Often we pitch and pitch because a client says that they just want to be in the media. And then you tell them that you've got them an interview in a national publication. You do a little dance and then they say, no, they don't want to do it. So I totally hear your pain and and we we feel the same as well as from the other side on the on the PR side. One of the things that actually annoys me is when I get pitched over like social media rather than my email. And I know it's quite minor. Um, and I do, you know, my Instagram is like my Instagram. Like I don't really do much. Um, I don't really post much about work on there. It's kind of more like holiday photo. Like it is, it's like a locked account and it's fairly personal. But I just sometimes get PRs like pitching me on there and I'm like, no. And like even on Twitter, because it is kind of linked to my, you know, I've got my job title in on my Twitter bio and stuff but again I kind of use it to tweet about work but kind of not always and I know that social media and work and like personal branding for journalists like for journalists has become quite strange and a bit more intertwined but I just always think like pitching on my email and also because sometimes I don't really see it like I'm not necessarily going to be logged into like my Instagram at work so I'll miss it whereas like I am going to be on my email when I'm at work like or even if I'm out on a job like if I'm getting the train somewhere or on my way to somewhere like I will be like look, looking at my emails throughout the day so you know there are sort of groups for journalists on Facebook and this isn't really PRs it's but even like I think everyone does this now like I'll write something and be like oh looking for a freelancer to do this and a freelancer will, and I'll be like email this email address don't email don't message me on Facebook I will go in my others folder I won't see it and you will bet that about three people will email me and there'll be like 20 messages in the other folder. Yep, I share that frustration too. I recently advertised for a job vacancy and put very clearly in the job ad, reply to the email with whatever the role was, ghostwriter job in the subject header, and then email answers to these three questions. And then people just didn't do it. They they did something completely different. Yeah, it's so strange. I don't, I just don't really understand why people do that. I guess everyone's maybe like looking at so many different things on a screen at once now that they just kind of like do it read it really quickly and just do what they think might be the, the best way I will say one of the things actually that ha- did with me yesterday was a PR sent me a Q&A with a person that had been fired from The Apprentice which is a show that I've been watching and really enjoying but put the name of the person who got fired as the um because I was like oh, I'm just not going to open this email but then when I'd gone on to like my email on my desktop it like it came, it showed the document and they put it as the name of the person that got fired and I was like come on like you know that people I know it's quite minor but I was like you know that people are watching this tonight and you just literally ruined it okay so no spoilers in the pitch right yeah no spoilers um have you got any examples of really great pitches yeah, I suppose like to be quite vague, this like story's not made it in yet. But we, um, I got a really good one recently from a charity, and it was the story about these, um, like these two best friends, and one of them had had cancer, and it's just it was a really great story, and it was just really good because it was like to the point. They were like they're both available to talk, they're both like happy to be named, pictured, like it, it had already outlined like they're all happy, to, they're both happy to talk about this. They PR detached without me asking, like really, really great high quality pictures which we always need and like when it's a human interest story um, and it was a charity PR so it was type to promote a charity thing 
and she's like, yeah, this would be the credit. Like, basically, all the information was there. So, like, all I had to do was reply and say yes and have the phone number of the case study. And all I had to really do was interview the case study. Like, I had everything to hand. Like, when we started listing it in conference, like, we, I was able to get a pictures folder made because all the pictures the woman the PR had sent and, and the PR was really great because I'd go back to her and be like oh we need a few more pictures and she'd go and get them really quickly like she was really quickly and helpful and responsive and yeah we did one actually as well for this Channel 4 show called Emergency the other day and I'd kind of said oh sent a pitch and I was like oh you know we need we kind of want to do this a different way from like a straightforward interview with one of the people in the show like we kind of want to do a beginning to end so the moment they had the accident all the way through the various sort of treatments that they had in hospital to then them being discharged and then recovering and the PR was really great at playing ball on that so I was like this is actually quite a logistical nightmare because we need pictures of potential pictures of like the accident scene pictures of all the surgery and all of these things but she did actually manage to go and get them and she actually quickly set up chats with like the mum of the girl who's in the story you know the doctors that one of the doctors that was one of the physios because that's the thing as well sometimes we'll come back and be like oh we don't really want it like how you pitched it but want to work on it in maybe a different way just to make it a bit different from the usual story and sometimes I think it can freak out PRs a bit or they can be a bit like I'm not sure but yeah this PR from Channel 4 was great she just was like yeah I can try it might be a bit weird to get you know some of the pictures and things that you need but she did it and we ran that in the paper earlier this week. These are all really useful insights thanks Natasha. Well just before we go is there anything else that you've observed in the world of media generally that you want to add? I think a lot of people say like kind of seem like to think journalism is now some kind of big content churning sort of thing now especially because there's a lot it's obviously there's a lot more focus on online journalism I think a lot of the newer hires in the industry our online journalists like I think more of the jobs now are in online and I think media companies are focusing on that but I do think there is still like a massive place for print journalism actually and I think I think now what I've kind of noticed is PRs are very which I I get because I think you know it's all about clicks and stuff but I think PRs are very like will it go online will it go online when's it going live when's it going live and and you're oh it doesn't go live necessarily for my job it's but you know there is a lot to be said for print and there is a lot to be said for having really good print exclusive stories still happy for PRs if you think that they might you know have be sitting on a good exclusive that we can use you know to contact me because I think there is still a place for print and I think even though there's a lot of I think the whole 10 years that I've been in the industry people have said print's dying print's dying I just don't really think it's the case so I think it is a lot brighter out there than it maybe might seem. That's a lovely note to end on. Let's hope so. I do love a printed newspaper still. Natasha Winarchik, thanks so much for sharing your insights. Thank you so much. It's been really nice to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Media Insider. Please share this podcast or rate it on your podcast app. That's how others find it. If you're keen to get into the media or get your message and expertise more widely known, then visit thoughtleadershippr.com and see how I could help. Or find me on Twitter. Just search Helen Croydon. Good luck with your pitching.